You're listening to Beyond the Sermon, the podcast of First Methodist Church in Collingswood, New Jersey. Our goal is not only to share our sermons, but to go beyond the sermon in conversation about what we're learning and what God is doing in our lives and in our community. This conversation is inspired by our 2022 Advent series, What Are We Waiting For? You can find more information about our church at fumccollingswood.org. Thanks for joining us for this conversation. So He's Jeremy. back! <laughs> well, we're glad you joined us on the podcast today. Um, it's interesting to be in this seat asking the questions rather than uh, being the one who preached the sermon and answers the question. This is terrible. <laughs> Let's say you're sitting in the same seat. So, Jeremy, tell us about your uh, Not Today Satan t-shirt. This, Scott. This, this wasn't on the list. Oh, my gosh. So, Scott, this is going to change lives. Not many and not for a good reason. But <laughs> um, my dearest friend, Charlotte, uh, she, I know her my entire life, our, our, our mothers were friends since fourth grade. And um, she, when I became a youth pastor, got me this shirt, which I just found out recently, was custom made for me. Wow. Which is a picture of like a guy with boxing gloves punching a cartoon Satan. And it's saying, not today, Satan. But what the new development is that just this past week, and Scott didn't even know this when he asked the question, just this past week, she gave us a custom baby onesie with the same image on it for Theo. That's amazing. <laughs> so it's a 12 month. So we got, you know, he's already in like six to nine, but in the next like three, four months, we'll be matching with our Not Today Satan t-shirts. Nice. I love it. I'm so excited. That's amazing. <laughs> That's, that's a good story. I'm glad I asked. Because you mentioned it in your sermon. And I was like, huh. I wonder, Did I? Yeah. I wonder if there's got to be a good story as to why that's... Because you said it was one of your favorite shirts. Yeah. Said, huh. And the kids, and the kids, they always they always make comments on it or notice. They're like, oh, yeah, we love that shirt. Yeah. So, well, there you go. The story, story behind the Not Today Satan shirt. <laughs> and onesie. Who knew? I'm so excited. So you're, you're talking in the rest of your sermon about um, about how in the Advent season we're waiting for a Messiah. Mm-hmm. But help me understand a little bit if the Messiah was the fulfillment of Jewish expectations mm-hmm. and we're not Jewish, why do we need to wait for a Messiah? Jewish or not doesn't change who God is and how he relates to his creation. And since we've all fallen short and God has given us an opportunity to reconcile ourselves to him through his son, that's why it should matter to everybody about who the Messiah is and and what the Messiah accomplished. So how's that different than when in the first week we were talking about um, how we're waiting for a savior. Needed a savior. Mm-hmm. And then specifically anticipating the savior the, that God had promised within the Messiah. And so the Messiah is the savior that we needed. Yeah. So, uh, so what I hear you saying is it's kind of, 
it's how God progressively revealed himself to humanity was initially we needed a savior, someone who would reconcile us to God again, right? To undo the work that the serpent did. And then as he revealed himself to the Israelites in a more full way, in a more personal way, when he showed himself to Moses there. And, well, I mean, even before that, he was, you know, talking to Abraham and Isaac and those guys. Yeah. Um, But he revealed himself to be the one who would come as the Messiah. Yes. Yes. And so that's where it's like always needed a savior. But then as God is revealing himself to his people, letting them know what that savior is going to look like, which is the Messiah. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why I actually mentioned like as far back as Moses, why I picked the scripture for this week is because a lot of times when we think of messianic prophecies, it's usually like psalms and isaiah related is Mm -hmm. where people jump to and so to have jesus himself say moses talked about me and and wrote about me is a really really important part of like all the way back to the people that they held in the highest esteem have been talking about jesus the whole time and you'd have to pretty much be blind to not see him fulfilling those Mm -hmm. things yeah because moses was one of like the two top guys for the Jewish people, him and Elijah, they were kind of considered to be like. Yeah. Okay. Top guys. You're talking like prophets. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, I, I was thinking because then I was started thinking like patriarch. So then oh, I'm like sure, Abraham. Sure. Like yeah, you yeah, think yeah. Abraham. Well, and, yeah. And David. David, yeah. David was a big one too. Yeah. But. So you're like top two. I was like, and he didn't say Abraham. But Father Abraham gets his own song. But when Jesus took Peter, James, and John up on the Mount of Transfiguration. Mm-hmm. It was Moses and Elijah who showed up. Moses summed up the law, the Torah, and Elijah was kind of considered like the pinnacle of the prophets. And so the law and the prophets were represented in Moses and Elijah. All right. So, so that's a little bit of the connection then between Jesus coming as our savior and Jesus coming as the Messiah. Um, it wasn't that. They're different things necessarily because they're still summed up in Jesus himself, but they're, it relates more to how God had revealed himself to people up until that point. You talked some, too, about how when Jesus came, he didn't fulfill what some of the people, the religious leaders, the Pharisees, mm-hmm. what they were expecting the Messiah to look like. and. And um, in the scripture passage you read, like, he said, like, well, if you've read Moses, you should recognize me as the yeah. Messiah. Yeah. Um, but he didn't meet some of their expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, not that he didn't fulfill what scripture said, but their expectations weren't met. I was just wondering, what are some ways or some times, take however you want, um, that Jesus hasn't met your expectations. And and I'll say hasn't met my expectations doesn't mean fell short. No. Um, But I think growing up, it was very much Jesus is God. Jesus saved you from your sins. And because of that, you are to love him and be a good person. Mm. And... In my mind, I was like, okay, then I will strive to love him and be a good person. And yet my idea of a good person 
I never thought to check in with what Jesus calls us to be and do Mm. to match that. It was, I'm just going to be nice to other people. And whenever I feel like, oh, that's a bad thing to do, I won't do it. But it wasn't a, let me go to Jesus to find out, you know, what that means, what that looks like, what, how, how God wants me to live. And so, um, in that aspect, it was much more different when I started, you know, reading the scriptures on my own and wasn't just getting it from Sunday school classes and, and, um, church that I was able to see like, oh, there's things that are like repeated multiple times by Jesus himself that I don't put a heavy emphasis on in my Mm. life. And it's not necessarily that it wasn't emphasized at church. Maybe I just didn't notice it. Um, But it just wasn't as important to me. It was more of like as a teenager, like, you know, you stay, I don't know how else to put it, like stay away from girls. Right. Like that. And don't curse. And now you're, and don't drink at parties. Mm -hmm. And now you're a good Christian. And it's like, Jesus doesn't talk about those things nearly as much about just loving one another, forgiving one another and, and giving everything to God. And yeah, he didn't live up to what I had expected based off of what I had heard and what I thought I was supposed to do as a Christian. How about you, Scott? I'm the one asking the questions. <laughs> <laughs> so I told the kids last night as we were playing Ships and Sailors, I was like, I'm the captain now. And like nobody got the reference. And that's fine. They probably shouldn't. But yeah. yeah. Gosh, I, th- I think if I really stop and think about it, there have been so many times when Jesus has come in a way that I didn't expect. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think even just recently, um, you know, with this shoulder surgery, mm-hmm. you know, I had an MRI eight weeks ago that showed multiple tears in different places and... And, uh, you know, I was doing rehab and stuff, but it was still painful. It was still giving me trouble. Um, That's why I ended up having the surgery. But when they got in there, one of the things that was torn on the MRI wasn't torn anymore. Mm. And, I mean, you could say it was... The, the PT I had and the great physical therapist I was working with or just the time or whatever, but it hadn't healed up until that point. And the difference that that makes of, you know, six weeks in a sling versus two weeks in a sling, I honestly, you know, I, I believe that Jesus does heal people and I think he can do that and does do that. I fully went into that thinking this is going to be this is going to have to be something that's fixed by the doctor. And, you know, I really think that Jesus used that time in between the MRI and the, and the surgery to do it. I'll probably cut this out, but curious, why Jesus and not God the Father? Because the question was specifically, yeah, Jesus. That's a fair question, and, and I don't know that I have a good answer and it's not to take away from what happened right, right, in right. my mind the question is jesus specific actions and words in scripture yeah, yeah. versus 
how he's working today because now today it's how can we for certain separate spirit Jesus the Father at work as they work together in our lives. So that's what I was... That's oh, a, a good question. Because it, cause what it, like that raises for me is like, why do we automatically go to one person of the Trinity Instead over another God. in certain instances? Like, in my head, like... Well, Jesus is the healer. Like, mm. all through the Gospels, you see Jesus oh, is the yeah. healer. And so, yeah. to think about healing, something in me just automatically connects that with Jesus. And so, I think that's why yeah. I phrased it that way. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting to think. Where our brains go with it, and it's not a wrong in any way. And I'm so glad that you only have to be in that thing for two weeks yeah. <laughs> instead of six weeks. And how God's been able to to work and help you through that because I know this was not a, a season you were looking forward to of recuperation. It's true. And and even choosing to have the surgery now in the midst of Advent, in the midst of everything else that's going on in our church and our congregation, like it was a big step of faith for me because if I were planning when the best time to be out of the office and out of commission for two or three or six weeks, mm -hmm. this wouldn't have been it. Yeah. But the more I thought about it, the more I prayed about it, the more I talked with Meg and prayed with her about it, like we just very much felt like this was the time to do it, even though it didn't make sense to us. God knows best. Yeah, he does. Another time for me that came to mind from reading scripture, there was a... Um, season where I was researching, I wanted to read all the red letters and see what Jesus was for. What did he just mm. like straight out make these bold statements of do this, don't do this. And I got so frustrated with Jesus and all of his parables. I was like, you couldn't be straightforward. Like more than like <laughs> almost 60% of his teachings almost yeah. are parables I was like, and then, and then no wonder, like the disciples at one point are like, "Can you tell us what that meant?" Right? <laughs> what them after Can you he... clue us in on what's going on here? Because yeah. we got nothing. And so, so it, it also made me kind of understand how, like, people's understandings and interpretations, hmm. um, and their views of Jesus have varied so much through history because of. Especially again in the parables about how their their stories, their illustrations used to talk about bigger things, deeper theological things, to reveal things about God and and His truth, and so in a way, it's annoying that it's so illustrative in a sense to me, especially mm -hmm. in, when I was trying to just find those direct do's and don'ts from Jesus, but the beauty of how if you're a farmer and a farmer is a occupation that has stuck around through all of time and will have to stick around for the rest of time. Farmers feed the world. That farmers understand a lot more of what Jesus is talking and referencing about in a lot of his uh, parables um, and things that just like are literally timeless stories to help us better understand God. Mm -hmm. um, 
And it's like, oh, it's almost like Jesus knew what he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> almost like he knew what he was doing. Yeah, but, I mean, you think about it. Because even you listen to some sermons today, people yeah. teaching, and you're like, oh, that's going to be outdated in three months. That's mm. That's not going to last the test of time because of you know an illustration they use or a yeah. concept that from the culture that they're tying into um but farming we all like to eat we yeah. all need to eat and so farming is always going to be part of it and even if we're not like for us we think big commercial farms because we live in america yeah. in the 20th century but you know by and large down through history most people who have farmed have pretty much lived off of what they farmed and maybe sold a little extra yeah. to to try to make ends meet and get the other things they need. Um, and so there, there's, there's a very tangible reality to mm -hmm. that um, down through time and around the world. Yeah. yeah. That is just so good. It's like, I feel like there's certain things he could have said, done, and made available to us through scripture and through his people writing them down. But there's so much more that mm -hmm. I just feel so blessed that we have the opportunity to read it and study it and ask the questions and dig deeper into it. Um, where like, it wasn't, all of it wasn't needed. Like every conversation that we have in the Gospels, Jesus isn't needed and yet he's provided it nonetheless. And mm. we're able to learn from the things that have been kept through history. Um, and that's just, I don't know, it can be overwhelming that uh, the the holiness. I know that right now with this, <laughs> in, in FUMC Collingswood specifically, how many Bibles do we think are in this building? Oh, gosh. How many of them get used? Yeah, sure. And so it's like we just have an overwhelming amount of this print. And so it's like, oh, it can't be that special if there's however many copies. And I know in our offices, probably between our two offices, we probably have, what, three dozen Bibles? Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I was just counting on my shelf real quick, and I counted, you know, ten right off the bat. So, yeah. And so it's the, the having so much of it thinking, oh, it can't be as special mm. because of the overabundance and the access we have to it. Uh, and yet it's quite the opposite. Uh, and so to, you know, brush the dust off of any Bibles, even if you have multiple and there's one that just has dust on it or whatever it might be, grab the dusty one. Because mm -hmm. especially if it's a study Bible, it'll have something extra in there that you might not have in your preferred Bible that you're using on the daily basis um, or on the app or whatever. And yeah. so it's always good to, um, yeah, just get into the Word as much as you can. And it's so cool that the same spirit of god that inspired the writers mm. to write down what they wrote down and has preserved it yeah. down through history against all the odds against all odds yeah i mean more manuscripts and artifacts and copies than any other ancient text that we have by by a large, large. Let me throw some numbers at you, Scott. Do you have them off the top of your head? Yeah, I do have them off the top of my head because apologetics, baby. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, I'm in total between Latin, Greek, and other languages. There are 
over 19,000 original manuscripts from the New Testament alone. Um, And fragments or full manuscripts. And in regards to like all other popular ancient writings before that time. So we're talking like the Odyssey. And I can't think of specific names of the other big writings. But if you compile all of their original manuscripts together. Oh, shoot. Now that I think about it, I think there might just be copies. Mm-hmm. I'll have to check, but if you compile all of them from from that time before, whether they were originals or copies of the manuscripts, it's less than 5,000. Yeah. And so the fact that, you know, kids are still reading the Odyssey in, in high school and college and stuff nowadays is incredible, but and, and it's never a question of, is this the original Odyssey? Are these the words that sure. are, you know, that the original Odyssey had? And what, we have so much more abundance of scripture. Um, and another fun fact is that so many early leaders in the faith, they wrote down and quoted scripture so much. We have over 30,000 quotations that could be compiled to reform the New Testament Mm. just based off quotations that other people have written down, not like manuscripts that were the letters themselves. Yeah. And so like, it's, it's just absolutely phenomenal how God has constructed and and kept together his word through all this time. So the same spirit that inspired the authors to write and has kept it for us down through millennia now is the same spirit that speaks to us when we read it again. Mm -hmm. And um, just like Jesus said, you know, that he was going to give the spirit and the spirit would remind us of everything he taught us and would lead us into all truth. Um, And that just blows my mind. That just blows my mind, the way that God not just came to us once, not just is coming again, but but is with us and is in us and speaks to us and works in us and through us and heals us and all this other stuff that God is still doing today, even though... God hasn't come back again in Christ in the way he will one day Yeah, in all of his fullness and glory. Well, now you got me psyched to go back and read my Bible. So I'm going to go read my Bible. Listener, if you are not driving, I also advise that you just take a break. Go into the Word. If, if they're not currently reading through a book or a specific devotional, where should they start? Where do you recommend someone starting off? Uh, I, I know there's a thing going around these days when we're only a few days here into December. Mm-hmm. But um, if you read one chapter of Luke every day this month, um, by the time you get to Christmas Eve, you've read the entire Gospel of Luke. And uh, see who this Jesus is who came as our Savior, as our Messiah, who came as God himself. To, to show us who he was, to reveal to us who he, reveal to us who he is, and and what he came to do. And I second that because Luke is one of the best historians of the first century. Time and time again, if anybody's a fan of archaeology out there, my mom was a huge fan. She had like an archaeological Bible that Mm -hmm. um, I've inherited and I'm looking forward to digging into. (laughs) Ha ha! Dad jokes already! (laughs) But 
Luke, time and time again, people say, oh, well, he said this about this ruler ruling at this time, and that's not possible. Or he mentions these cities and these towns, and they don't exist. We've never found a trace. And through the decades and through hundreds of years, they constantly find everything he's talked about and have confirmed everything that he said uh, to the point that I think every single city and town and island he mentioned in Luke and in the book of Acts have now been discovered. Um, And so get to it and come talk to us about it. What's been new to you reading through it? Whether you've read it before, what's fresh, what stuck out to you? Where's Jesus expanding your expectations these days?